The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer. Hello, this is your host, Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today is Dr. Kathy Forty. Dr. Forty is a clinical psychologist who has survived two near-death experiences. In her book, Fractals of God, Kathy shares how in 2003, her heart stopped and she was actually helped to return to Earth by multidimensional beings of light, whose goal is to bring healing to our world. With this new guidance, she journeyed into the realm of physics and sacred geometry and learned how key mathematical information affects the consciousness of the cells. As a result of her work with these multidimensional beings, Kathy was able to bring forth not only a new technology, which is now called the Trinfinity 8, but also a greater understanding of how our past as a species is directly linked to the consciousness of healing and growth today. So, Kathy, welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. I'm so excited that you're going to, you're a guest here today. Hi, Anne. I am too. This will be great. So, your story is so interesting, and there's so much that we could talk about. We probably could do several interviews, but maybe we could start because <laughs> it's good. It's really good information. Maybe we could start a bit with your spiritual journey, uh, whatever you care to share, including the near-death experience and and how that changed you, because I know that's an enormous question. Well, um, uh, the name of my book is Fractals of God, but it has that, that, that subline afterward, a psychologist near-death uh, experience and journeys into the mystical, because I seem to have attracted unusual experiences my whole life. It, uh, you know, I, I didn't recognize that early on, but uh, all of these were all uh, building upon each other until the experience I had in 2003, where, uh, you know, it was a whole different open for me and and uh, you know I was still practicing psychology at the time and and uh, you know I I you know was interested in the metaphysical and so forth like that but uh, um, you know I wasn't interested in physics or didn't have a really a background or a great understanding in that and um, when my uh, when I had this experience where my heart stopped and and uh, and I found myself in this tunnel and uh, you know I, I realized at that time this is this is the tunnel and I must have died, but of course I didn't know. You know, my heart had stopped at the time. I, did, I kept thinking in the tunnel, what did I die of? I wasn't, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sick. Right. You know, so it was a little bit of a shock. And, uh, uh, you know, before I could go into that light... You know, um, and, and believe me, I wanted to go into that light because I figured if I was dead, there was nothing I was going to be able to do about it now. Let's just go, go and see what it's all about. You know, I certainly, you know, read enough experiences of, you know, people going into the light and having this wonderful experience. So I said, Oh, oh, this is great. Okay. This, this is, is my great. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not allowed to go into the light. I stopped, you know, right before I came to the light or something stopped me and I just hovered there and I hovered there what seemed like forever and I remember thinking this is boring why can't I go into the light you know and I tried you know I might try to wheel myself into the light and it wouldn't it you know it was like there was a, a wall a block and uh, I know now that had I gone into light there was no probably way I would have been coming back so at that point, I had all, thinking this is really boring, all this energy just poured into me. It was like an implosion of energy, and I was spun back around, 
you know, and sent back through the tunnel as fast as could be. And I heard voices in my head saying, breathe, Kathy, breathe. And I, I found myself back in my physical body. My whole left side was paralyzed. And at that time, it was like an all-knowing. That's all I could say was that whoever was talking to me, you know, and I didn't know at the time who was talking to me because there was certainly nobody else in my physical environment in the room that I was in, uh, they were, uh, that I knew that for some reason my heart had stopped and they were trying to get me to breathe life back into my physical form. And uh, I couldn't move. Uh, so, you know, I kind of listened to what they were saying. They were pretty much saying, relax, you know, uh, everything will be okay. Don't worry, you know, everything's fine. And so I just went with it and it was like this clicking. Everything was clicking back into place you know, on the left side of my body. And uh, I just uh, remember that, that incredible feeling of being totally reconnected again. And, but, you know, there was still some pressure in my chest uh, once I was reconnected. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I'm, I better go see a cardiologist or something about this. And sure. they were really telling me there was no need for this, that I didn't need to see any doctors. I didn't need to get it checked out that all would be okay. So I figured, uh, I guess they knew what they were doing since they brought me back. And uh, I didn't know what I'd come back from and what that whole experience really meant until within 24 hours later, I was, you know, obsessed with quantum physics. So, um, what, and I realized that I had, uh, uh, in, that I had brought back uh, different beings with me. Um, I had that feeling right before I went in, you know, into the tunnel. Um, it was within hours before that I felt something kind of release from me, move out as if, uh, you know, um, and I didn't know at the time that was my old guidance leaving. And that remember that feeling, not knowing what this was, was that, wow, why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel like, uh, you know, everybody's died or, you know, my family's died or something, everything thing is, is I felt a sense of total loss. But with all these new, this new guidance coming in, they, they really had uh, an agenda. And uh, their idea, their thing was to get me on board with this agenda. And this agenda dealt with uh, bringing in uh, a new way of thinking about healing, a new way of, uh, and actually what it really was is, you know, rediscovering and bringing forth the technology from the past into the future, into, uh, into the present, excuse me, into what we currently have available in our knowledge of uh, uh, technology, electronics, and so forth like that. So it, it was, uh, that started the journey. I find that fascinating because when I, I look at the Trinfinity 8, of course, it looks extremely advanced and unlike anything we're familiar with now, but it's fascinating that connection and, and that you know of uh, back to ancient Atlantis and, and we're going to go into that because we definitely want to explain to people what this technology is. It's so revolutionary. Um, and then there's the app too, which I have to tell you, I downloaded and I've been working with. So I really, <laughs> I really like that as well because it makes oh. it accessible. Like, thank you for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that was, that was part of the deal too, you know, that, that, that's something that would be easy for everyone to have access to, um, and, and, and really there was so many different components of this technology, and I, I have to back up a little bit because, you know, the first, you know when I was, I was getting up at all hours of the night with all these information coming through my head, and they were making me research stuff on, on the Internet, you know, and I couldn't go back to sleep. At least I didn't feel like I was, I was able to go back to sleep until I kind of completed these lessons on, 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 on the Internet about, about energy, about about uh, science and physics and our understanding of the universe and so forth. And, and they were correcting certain things that weren't quite accurate yet, you know, in, in, uh, of our understanding, or at least how far we'd gotten in our understanding of physics. And, and believe me, I am not a physicist. I am not, you know, uh, a, a scientist in any realm. But I was understanding, uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, what they were trying to show me. And basically... The first step was really that everything is about math. You know, math is the universal language behind 
everything. You know, and you you think about when when we send up capsules into space, you know, for or for other civilizations to hopefully find. We 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 do it in you know element tables and mathematical equations to show what we understand about our world. Right. And um, so it, it is one of those universal languages. But of course, when I heard that everything was about math, you know, I panicked because As many would. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's like no. I I am not a mathematician and it really was my worst subject in school so you know it's I'm like uh, it. yeah <laughs> many people have told me about their the math phobia that they have but it, this is very practical and it made so much sense and even though you weren't a mathematician or a physicist or you know I, I guess in a sense you're a scientist from the point of view of clinical psychology but not not in the physical sciences but you were able to bring this forward I, I just find that so remarkable, the guidance that you have received. Well, they actually, you know, I, I asked them quite a while later after the project really got off this, you know, uh, got off the uh, on a, a good footing, why me? I mean, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. anything special or anything. Why didn't you pick a mathematician, for heaven's sakes, a scientist, <laughs> somebody who would understand this stuff? Because what they were trying yeah. to show me was that everything, every property uh, that we know it in our world has a mathematical signature to it. It has a code. You know, and it, we just need to know the code that to, to to translate it, and the body would translate it, and the body would know the cellular, the consciousness of the cells would know what to do with it, and so forth like that. And they said, you know, they didn't use these words, but in essence, they did pick a math dummy because I had no preconceptions. I, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, that won't work. You know, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. And there was a lot of components of the device, as I, they were instructing me to put it together, that sounded so far-fetched, you know, that, um, uh, you know, the very few people who knew I was working on this, you know, I'm sure they were silently thinking, oh, Kathy's gone off the deep end. This sounds like a fool's errand. Yeah, it's so radical. It's so different. But I I noticed in your history, not that I I know your history really well, but from what I was reading, that you have this openness to new ideas, new approaches, new interventions. And that must have been a a really big part of why you were able to do this. Well, you know, I'm I have an intense curiosity. And even when I was, you know, just starting out as a therapist, somehow I got the most unusual bizarre cases. Mm-hmm. And and I would sit I mean I had uh, you know, I was getting multiple personality disorder cases and everything and I was thinking, wow, those really taught me to think outside the box about things. You know, about how the mind works, about how how the the, the mind body spirit of the whole connection. And um, because I wasn't judging, and I think, of, and and because I was curious about trying to understand this, uh, those were the type of cases that kept attracting to me, and and those became my teachers. So you know, I learned a lot about. Uh, I, I mentioned in the book uh, one experience with one of my one of my clients who was uh, who was a multiple personality disorder many 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 uh, polyfragments uh, well over 100 different you know alters or full blown personalities in there and you know the doctor would make me go to whenever she had to go to an OBGYN she would he would make me go because one time they did an examination and a small alter child personality came out and t- thought she was being abused and totally oh, freaked out the doctor and everybody in the waiting room who could hear her scream so I would come just to, to be there for her, to to uh, ground her, and to keep an older personality out during it. But, you know, there was one time that she went and all of her signs, one personality was out and all the signs, uh, the test showed that she had cancer. And, uh, you know, I keep getting mixed up. I can't remember now if it was ovarian or cervical because uh, this was quite a while back. But when another personality was out, a different one, all the tests showed no cancer, and you know it's it was 
uh, the doctor would scratch his head thinking, oh, well, we'll repeat the test. They repeat the test, and it came out the same way. So he started to think about, you know, the mind and how the mind builds and creates things in, and it, you know, manifests in the body. You know, we have to totally throw out what we think is, you know, um, reality and know that reality can be stretched in many, many, many different ways and to be open to, to not saying, oh, well, that can't be possible. And that's kind of how it was working with the uh, this new technology as well, you know, trying to say, okay, you know, I don't understand this, but I'm going to go along with you and see how far we get and, you know, see if it opens up into something that uh, does make sense to not only me, but a lot of other people. Well, that's brilliant. I, I remember reading in the book you were using neurofeedback, which even now is still quite quite advanced. Like not not a lot of psychologists yet know how to use that or, you know, properly bring that in for treatment. I think they're using it in AD, for treatment of ADHD and learning disabilities and other cognitive difficulties. But that was an interesting story too about Walter and and uh, the experience of the angel as you were working with him. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh- you know, I when I started out as a therapist, you know, I knew that just talk therapy alone was not the answer. I knew there was other things that I wasn't understanding, and this was many years ago, that, you know, that, that there was things going on within the brain. There was things going on within the, you know, the nutritional body. There was things going on on many, many multi-levels. And to just do talk therapy alone was just addressing one minuscule part. So I did bring in neurofeedback when pretty much not too many people were doing it to brainwave, you know, to do brainwave training. And and um, uh, Walter, well, you know, he was an interesting case. Uh, he, you know, just briefly, he, you know, he had had, uh, had trauma, and uh, he was sent to me after the neurologist didn't know what else to do with him because, you know, he, he had been in an accident where some uh, in his, uh, uh, where uh, magazine stands had fallen down in a warehouse he was, he was uh, supervising, and, and uh, he had terrible, debilitating headaches and lost a lot of cognitive function, and, of course, he couldn't work anymore. And, you know, the neural feedback helped him uh, with the brainwave, retraining his brain to make more, you know, faster wave activities instead of the slower way where he experienced more headaches and mood depression and so forth. But, you know, we got it up to a stage where he was much better, he was much more functional, uh, but he still couldn't return to work, and he couldn't let go of the fact that he couldn't pick up his life where it was before. So, you know, I thought, okay, now's the time to do a little bit different type of neurofeedback with him, which went into, you know, um, alpha states, alpha theta, where maybe something was was unlocked. And I remember the first session going in trying to do this with him, eyes closed, and the minute, uh, within a short period after starting, all of my, my EEG equipment was running high amplitude, off the charts, uh, and I'm, you know, checking my equipment, everything's fine, there's, there's no, you know, and there's no movement, he's not moving or anything, and there was an electrical charge in the room. I could mm-hmm. feel it, the hairs on, the, on my, my arms were standing on edge, right. and it was like the whole, whole place was, um, was tuned into some type of electrical socket, and I remember thinking to myself, I know you're here, I just can't see you. I knew something was in that room. Right. And you said your watch watch stopped, your clock stopped. (laughs) Yes, the clock stopped, everything, you know, and and the EEG equipment was picking up whatever it was in the room. And then, you know, after, after, I don't know how many minutes, it stopped. And uh, it returned to normal. And, you know, Walter's over there. looks like he's still eyes closed. He's still in this nice, relaxed state. And he doesn't look any different either. And so when he gets off of, gets uh, after the session is over, I asked him, you know, what was his experience like? Not telling him, you know, um, about what I'd seen on my, my EEG screen. Right. And he had said, oh, my gosh. He said, I saw an angel. Now, Walter was not into angels, so this was very unusual for him to say something like that. He said, I saw an angel, and this angel showed me myself as a child, and I was in this treehouse with my friends, and we, we were dangling our legs over the side of the treehouse, and, and we were, it was a beautiful day, and we were having fun, and we didn't have a care in the world. 
And he says, and I think the angel is trying to show me that my life could be that way again. Wow. That if I just kind of let go of everything, you know, and the realizing was let going expectations of what he thought he should continue to be and just be, be like a kid again. I mean, we all remember what that was like, you know, at some point in time where we had days where, you know, that we didn't have a care in the world. And uh, it was that great aha moment for him. And from that moment on, he was able to let go of trying to get back to being the supervisor he was. And he turned his whole life around and started working, you know, with his grandchildren and being a docent at uh, at uh, a, a science museum and, you know, just... Uh, being more with kids and bringing out the kid in himself. And it was like, I mean, uh, we laugh. I mean, the therapist out there because, you know, it's like, and this doesn't always happen. One session and it's that great. That's it. That's an amazing experience, amazing (laughs) transformation on one session. But he, you know, but once in a while those things happen. When people are ready to change on some, you know, soul level, and the opportunity arrived, then it's like a miracle. Miracles happen. And, so, Kathy, you know, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt because we're going to go to break. Uh, but when we come back, I want to talk more about that and particularly going into the miracle of developing this, this amazing technology that you've come up with. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today, Dr. Kathy Forty, has been telling us a bit about her experiences, both spiritually as a human being evolving, but and the near-death experience that she had. And now we're going to move into the technology uh, that has come as a result of her near-death experience and her connection to these multidimensional beings who've been guiding her. So, Kathy, would you tell us about the, the actual technology? Well, the first, where they first began, of course, was the mathematical component, as I mentioned briefly before. Um, but what it, it well, for one whole year, this took five years to develop. Uh, it was a five-year insanity project, I call it. Wow. And the, the first 
year was sitting and really um, working on, uh, they were showing me pictures in my head, and then they would show me mathematical equations for this. So I pretty much just sat down and wrote what what it was, you know, like, let's say, uh, you know, I always use the example of let's let's take uh, vitamin E or vitamin C or let's take the the um, uh, the equation for collagen elastin or let's take the the uh, the codes for for joy or love emotions too or you know so it was like elements all these elements and 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 substances and emotions uh, so it was like thousands of different types of of things that we encounter in our everyday life and the um, the actual uh, algorithm for them the algorithm meaning the, the numbers that would that would that that set up a resonance in the body these numbers meant things and of course these numbers then had to be trans transposed into computer language which is binary code zeros and ones I mean if you ask most anybody who's in the computing world they go well, of course zeros and ones carry a lot of information you know and the combinations and patterns of them and so forth. So uh, the program got from from the codes down into this binary code. The other thing that they thought was imperative that I, it was a fraction fractalization, to include the science of fractals and sacred geometry. Now, of course, I'd heard of sacred geometry. I'd never heard of a fractal. I didn't know what that was. You know, it didn't sound very good. It sounded like some kind of broken glass, you know. (laughs) And uh, so they introduced me to the worlds of fractals, which are like, you know, um, I always say they're like those Russian uh, Matryoshka dolls, a doll within a doll within a doll to infinity. You know, all parts contain the whole. It's like a hologram. Of of the original, uh, except maybe with slight differences. But what they were teaching me that even though these were, we would create some beautiful, you know, uh, um, animated fractal moving images to work with the codes, you know, so that they could they could uh, work alongside them. But that when you coupled fractals with information like the codes, um, it amplified that information going through to the body or to the cells, you know. So it was a natural amplification process. Um, and so, you know, we don't really actually play our, our, our codes through, even though some of the fractals contain sacred geometry and other things. We played alongside. It's sort of like, you know, parallel alongside of it. It's like they're working synergistically, hand in right. hand, shaking hands with each other, so that it's amplifying the strength coming through uh, on the intent coming through to the person. Now, the other thing was that they did say that they were infusing this device with intent, and that if one put in their own intent, like I said, you know, ask your guides to come in and help you, your own, you know, you know, inner guidance, and to uh, if there's something you want to help release, if there's something you you really want to. Um, increase or let go of in your life, this is the time to ask for that help coming into using this technology, and that will amplify what you want even as well. So, so first we had the codes, and we had the fractals, we had the intent. They did want music in there. Now, music is like a carrier wave of, of, of frequencies, and I say frequency because although the math is not frequency-based, it's just math, music is frequency-based, right. and right. so... You know, they pointed me to certain types of resonance sounds that would set up a resonance in the body so that when the codes coming into the body would would be more receptive to that. And then the last thing was like I thought, okay, well, well, now how do I how do I get this to a person's body? Because we're putting it in a software-based program into you know Mac or a PC software, Mm -hmm. but how does it get to the person? Right. And that was the funny part. The funny part was that uh, they kept showing me signs of Superman, pictures of Superman. <laughs> oh, that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman was in the in the Fortress of Solitude, downloading those those crystals from his planet uh, uh, Krypton or whatever, and that had the whole history of his race. And, you know, that was obviously in my memory bank, so they could pull that out and I would relate to it. And, you know, I, I, they kept 
So zeroing in, you know, sometimes they would actually talk to me, sometimes they'd show me pictures, and sometimes whole concepts would just kind of come down from nowhere, and I'm thinking like, well, I didn't know that before. And um, so, you know, I knew that it was something about the crystals. They wanted me to use crystals to transmit this inform- the codes through the crystals to the person holding a crystal or so forth, and I, I'm like thinking, how does that work? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. do I go to a, some new age gem? shop and some pick up crystals and they said no uh-uh <laughs> i've got a few i could give you yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know uh they showed me exactly what they should look like so you know i searched all over the world trying to find a lab that would grow these crystals like they wanted so you know starting perfect. off from seed crystals in an autoclave and they add silicon dioxide you know and they started out it takes like a month to grow each of these pure quartz crystal rods that look like glass because they're, they're laboratory made. They're real crystal, but they're just controlled crystally made. And, um, and it had to be a certain, you know, diameter and length and, and, and so forth like that and how many sides and so forth. And, and uh, it, you know, took six months to locate a lab that would, that would do this for me. And then, you know, I had to figure out how to connect to the crystals <laughs> to the computer. Nice. So, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy. It, you know, every step along the way was like, oh, you know, dear God, please do not send me on a fool's mission here because this does sound pretty foolish. But, you know, here's, so, uh, you know, I, I was able to get a converter box to send the signal through and then connect the uh, the crystals into through through wires to the signal box, and we did able to use those crystals. And sometimes when you use the crystals, you can feel heat coming through it, even though there's no electrical current. And you can put it on different parts of your body, but you'll you'll feel a pulsing, you know, uh, a warmth and energy coming through. And uh, you know, pretty much they were showing me that you know we we use similar things back in Atlantean times using crystals uh, in, a, in a way to transmit information to the body. But, of course, now we're using, you know, our version of computers. They had different versions of computers back then that would look nothing like what we have today. Right. And, uh, you know, they were able to restore um, uh, the body, like, you know, like you could restore, there's a restore point on your computer, you know, when mm-hmm. something goes terribly awry and you try to restore it back to where it was when it was working fine. Um, back in Atlantean times, they had a restore point like that, and they had technology for restore points. And, and this, this may be the closest we can get using our technology to something like that, but I was also told that this was in fourth-dimensional times. And we're, we... Uh, fourth, fifth dimensional times, and we're back in third dimensional, and that technology is not quite ready for where we are now. Okay, so this is kind of a bridging technology at this point. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like they they don't want to throw everything out too fast, but but they did say, you know, our whole explosion in computer technology was pre-designed. You know, that all this information, you know, whether it be the Bill Gates of the world or the Steve Jobs or so forth like that, and all the information came down on, on computer, that computer tech. We needed that right now. We needed something to speed up and give information, not only to connect us to this global microcosm as an Internet, you know, but to also give information to all aspects of body, mind, and spirit. So um, that's probably why we're seeing a lot more, not probably, it is why we're seeing a lot more uh, advances coming down in very unusual technologies now, um, uh, medical, you know, as well as spiritual. And basically they were saying this was not just, uh, it wasn't a medical device, you know, it was, right. it was a device to help shift the person into a higher vibrational state where then all healing was possible because the person knew the soul wise, they knew how to heal themselves. And but if you're putting them in a conducive place, it's sort of like you'd heal you'd heal better in a nice resort than you would heal homeless on the street, you know? Oh absolutely they use that <laughs> in Germany. Beautiful spas where people go to heal. That that's yeah. considered very important. Yes. You know, so it's like setting up a nice environment, uh but uh but in this way it's it's vibrational. Exactly, you know, an energetic environment. An energetic, yes, 
yes. So it uh, there and and you know there were times when it, as it you know first started out, I had no idea what any of it would do, and I you know as I I, I so I experimented and I let people try it, and people were coming up with some very very unusual experiences, and so I thought okay maybe it's time to you know bring it to the world, and I did. And, uh, um, you know, over time, it seems to have evolved into almost a higher intelligence. Um, and, you know, they said in the, our, they told me our computers are learning from us now. You know, that was fascinating in the book, I have to say. <laughs> and, and, and the way that people would use the program and then the program would start to adjust, like the cursor would move on the screen. That, that was a fascinating story uh, that you told in the book uh, with James von Prague, who I love. He's such a lovely man. Maybe you could share that as an example well, um, actually, that wasn't with James. That the day that was with the that was with someone else. Um, oh, I thought it was James. No, although James is a good friend of mine. Okay. <laughs> um, and he's had experiences on it. He says, you know, he says, oh, this this technology, Kathy, is out of this world. That's what he said. It's just out of this world. He said that the first time he tried it, he said there was all these beings around. That's and we, right. We took now it on a trip to Peru and uh, to Machu Picchu, and and uh, everybody was getting kind of had problems. From the high altitude and so forth, like that, and and um, and so we did a whole group, everybody holding hands, uh, like about forty some people, and uh, I put on things that would deal with helping to restore the immune system and the lymph, and and you know, and to boost our energy up and give us more and. And, you know, the next day people were reporting, you know, oh, my God, I slept so well, and my sniffles are gone, and I feel less clogged up, and, you know, all those type of things. And, and while it was happening, all these Chinese healers, you know, from the, the, um, the spirit world, you know, because James is a medium, he's a spiritual medium, you know, and he works with yeah. the, the dead and channeling the dead and, you know, all over the world. And, and he said he was uh, all these spiritual, I mean, all these uh, Chinese healers were coming forward and wanting to work at the same time on the, on everybody in that group um, while we were getting the Trinfinity. And he says, I've never seen that come forward before. And um, another people, a few other people experienced that as well. But but what you were talking about, which you made reference to, because kind of getting two two stories mixed here was I remember uh, yeah, it was a medium. You didn't say James from Prague. Yes, that. it was it was another medium, and you know he he came he he was using the device and he said he said you, you know um I, my cursor is moving by itself now and it's picking different programs and different music choices for me to use. And he says, is this, is this normal? Uh, and, at, you know, at first I thought, is this a computer glitch? <laughs> you know, I, I had to stop and think, oh, no, do I have to repair the computer software or something? And I mentioned to somebody else, and they said, oh, I've had that happen to me, too, when I'm on the Trinfinity 8. You know, it will pick something that I normally would never pick for myself that makes absolutely no sense, but it actually it provides the uh the movement and the the uh the release that i need so you know i started to think okay well my guides did tell me that uh, this machine was intent-based and that one's own guidance would know what it was for. And if they asked their own guidance to interact with them, you know, it would be even more powerful. So I thought, okay, so now people's guidance is starting to take over and, and, and work. And so it's, it's so simple that, you know, the other's world, you know, can... Could actually can, help. <laughs> yes. You know, and and uh, so it's... Uh, uh, and when I put that out, I was getting more reports from people telling me some of the same type of circumstances. Yeah. They said, actually, you know, my guidance picks much better, you know, combinations of programs to use together than, than I could ever think about. And I, I remember this one woman telling me she... Um, she was uh, working on this person, and uh, she uh, oh, she was working on an animal because we use it for animals too. And and uh, the animal was uh, she kept getting in her head. You know, she was very intuitive to use the. There was a program in there for for chin lift. You know, because there's some cosmetic programs, there's spiritual programs, there's you know emotional release programs and physical you know to restore physical health programs. But this one was giving her something for a chin lift on a dog, and she's thinking this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so she took it off, but it was so persistent, it was like her hand was going back and putting chin lift on again. And this dog had some separation anxiety, some extreme separation anxiety issues. You know, it had it was a rescue dog. And so she said, okay, well, uh, you know, I'll give this program to the dog. She did, and the dog turned around. I mean, it actually started to become more friendly and so forth out of a program that actually made no sense. But there was something in that, in some code within that program, and I'm not sure which one it was, that dog needed. And her guidance knew the dog needed that and guided her to picking the right one. No, that's brilliant. We're going to take another short break and uh, come back, and I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about uh, people's experiences because this, the technology is useful on so many different levels. So we'll be right back. This is Ann Gelsheimer with Conscious Evolution Radio, and please join us in a moment. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. We're talking today with Dr. Kathy Forty, and it's been a wide-ranging conversation about fascinating things, including near-death experiences and technology that she was able to bring forward with the assistance of multidimensional beings. Now, I just want to share briefly with our listeners that I actually met Kathy on a training with Dr. Stephen Greer. We were both doing the Ambassador to the Universe training. Um, I'd done a few, so I was assisting, and I, the experiences have been fantastic. But Kathy has had some very, very interesting experiences around opening up to this whole world of connection with ETs. So, Kathy, I want to invite you to talk to us about that, how that began and where that went for you. 
Well, uh, it was a number of years ago when I was still work. Uh, I had already finished the technology, and I was in Kauai um, uh, visiting uh, the physicist Nassim Harriman. He and his wife, I was staying at their house, and uh, um, one night, you know, they went out to dinner, and I was very, I was tired from being at the beach that day. So I was out on the balcony, and I had my crystals in my hands. And I'm just looking up at the stars, and I'm thinking, you know, I've never seen a UFO. And, and I'm thinking, I would like to see a UFO. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just sitting there holding these crystals and thinking, like, uh, you know, it's probably not going to happen, you know. But all of a sudden, I, uh, within maybe five, ten minutes after expressing this intent, I see this kind of glowing orb in the sky. And I, I look to see, no, it's not a plane. It's not a planet. And, and I'm watching it, and it's moving closer. And it occurred to me that I think this is a real UFO. And I didn't have any fear. And I thought, oh, I, well, I wonder if it'll come and land in the backyard. You wow. Know, yes, that crazy would be surprising. thought goes through your head. And, you know, never thinking. Most of the things happen in my life when I don't expect them to, and I just kind of throw the thought out there and, you know, don't, you know like I said, don't expect anything to happen. Well, as it was coming closer, I'm thinking like, oh, wow. And so I took the crystals. These are the crystals, the Trinfinity 8 crystals, and which were nice and juicy and charged. And, and I started calling in the UFO like a, well, like, uh, you know, a traffic air traffic controller on the ground. And, you know, nobody could see me doing this. It looked totally ridiculous. But I thought, you know, if you're like-minded and of higher consciousness, come on down. And I'd really like to have this experience and see what this is like. And as it's coming down uh, closer, and I know this is going to happen, all of a sudden I had the random thought that, if it takes me up in the aircraft and I don't come back, Nassim and his wife are going to come home and not know what happened to me. And it's going to really <laughs> freak them out. And with that thought of concern that they'd be freaked out and fearful, um, all of a sudden it just, the, the, the uh, craft just did a zigzag and disappeared. Oh, they are so And then, of course, you know, I thought, darn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, come back. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, a random thought like that can, can ruin a lot of things because they don't like to interfere with anything, you know, if you're fearful of anything. Now, I wasn't fearful, but I was fearful for my, my, my house, uh, the, I mean, the people whose house I was staying at. So I, uh, Nissan comes home, and I tell him this, and I said, I think I just saw a UFO. And he goes, well, where'd you see it in the sky? And I pointed up to a certain area. Area. And he goes, oh, yeah, we see them there all the time. We think there's an underground base here on Kauai. He says, my little kids see them all the time, too, you know, my, my, my son. Right. So, you know, I, uh, this whole thing started to intrigue me, and my beings, you know, uh, that were working with me, you know, were pointing me towards looking at the bigger picture, looking at more of a cosmic picture. Until then, I really had never been, you know, into UFOs or ETs or anything like that. You know, I realized that whoever these multidimensional beings that were working with me were not from this dimension, you know. They told me they were from the eighth dimension and beyond, you know, wow. of, of okay. a work work higher consciousness and spirituality and, and work for mankind and so forth like that. And, uh, you know, that they had been here before to help during evolutionary times. But, you know, I never really thought of them as like, you know, ETs from other planets or so forth. And really, we're all ETs, you know. Right. And so um, I remembered back an incident I had when I was in my 20s. And in my 20s, and I had... Um, found myself up in a spacecraft, a spaceship, and it was as clear as could be. It was like a lucid, very lucid dream, and I remember talking with the tall beings, commander-like beings. They were talking to me like from one scientist to another, and they had on these like very like tight skin, uh, uh, silver-like uh, suits that had no seams, and I had the feeling that the commander who I was talking to, I had known him before, 
And like I said, he was talking to me like one scientist to another, like I said, even though I wasn't a scientist. And before, and he showed me that uh, I could see the bridge, I could see the people in it, and they, and, and they had these little like communication devices in their ears, like these little rings or gold rings as some type of band. This was way before Bluetooth technology. And before he left, he, um, we had an exchange of energy before, you know, I left the ship. And, uh, you know, embarrassing as it sounds, it was so strong, it felt like an orgasm. And it rocked right through me and woke me up in my physical body. And, you know, as if I had just had some type of sexual relations, but I didn't have any sexual relations with this man. But it was that type of feeling. And, uh, you know, um, and, I, and I kind of forgot about it, but it was so clear. And then when we, we did the thing with Dr. Greer at the workshop, there was one that first night he said there's a tall being that's on the other side of Anne and whoever's sit, uh, sitting next to Anne. And that's I thought, right. oh, that's me, but he doesn't know my name yet. And he said, that, he said I, I usually don't see this being. He's a commander. And, and I didn't want to say anything. So that night I went, I went back to my room thinking, is this my commander? Is this the commander of the ship? <laughs> right. And uh, so I said, if it is, you know, let me, let me know. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and the room was just filled with beams of light shooting wow. all the way down. And they were beaming right into my heart chakra. And it was the most intense feeling of love where, you know, maybe when I was younger, I felt, I felt that energy on more in the sexual lower levels, but now I was feeling it in the heart area, you know, on a, a little bit, on a higher level. And it, and I just kept going, oh, oh my God, it was just the most incredible feeling. And that was my indication. Yes. This was the commander I knew back from when I was in my 20s. And so that kind of opened up a, a lot of things into, you know, remote viewing. And, uh, you know, I guess we could go on for a more, you know, got a lot, a lot more uh, interesting experiences into some of my, my ET experiences. But, you know, uh, that I, my guides were showing me that, you know, I had to look at the whole cosmos now and that, you know, I was not just doing this technology for just people on Earth and other people out there who were getting technology coming through. We were working on all different levels, you know, globally, you know, universally rather, and that, uh, you know, we were all in this together. And this was, this was part of, you know, I, I knew I was going to come back to do this mission. I didn't know this on a conscious level, but they said, you've done this before. So, Kathy, I hate the fact we're running out of time and there's so much more to talk about here. Um, we've just got a few minutes to break. So what I'm going to suggest, if, if you could let us know about uh, your websites and anything else you'd like to share, because people may really want to take a look at what we've been talking about in terms of the technology. What, how could they find out more about that? They can go to my website. It's uh, www.trinfinity8.com. That's T-R-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y and the number 8.com. You know, we have videos. We have a lot of our different, uh, we have the Trinfinity system. We have our, our special oils that we've infused with Trinfinity algorithms. We have our apps, the books. You can find everything there pretty much. And, uh, and you know, we did, it's like there's, we, there's still more to come. I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> you know, it's, they, they parcel it down on little things. And, and you can also um, calendar of events, uh, you know, different shows that I may be uh, going to or speaking at and so forth. So it, that, it's all on the website. That's perfect. Excuse me, and I, I have to tell you, when I, I'm mostly just listening in this interview because you have so much good information to share. But I really do want to invite you back um, because I feel like we're just, you know, scratching the surface, and it's been such a pleasure. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on this program. Oh, thank you, Anne. I'll come back anytime you want. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, I look forward to seeing you again in person as soon as that, that, the stars come together and we can actually make a time to do that. But in the meantime, I'll be uh, working with the Trinfinity app, which uh, people can actually uh, download for Android phones or iPhones. It gives you a taste of what it is. In any case, thank you so much. I'm going to sign off now. So this is Ann Gelsheimer, and thank you all for listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. 
please join Ann Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.